Hello and welcome to a real spooky edition of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. Happy Halloween, everyone. This is your host, Horace Kermani, and I am joined by my guy, Kenny, as we go through a three-game slate that's going to be creeping out our Halloween nights, a uh, bunch of games that really aren't uh, you know, the most barn-burning as far as pure over under as points are concerned, or even really some of these uh, some of these spreads that I'm looking at here, but it does leave us with a bunch of opportunities. Quite a few people listed as either questionable or out, and we'll get right into that. But Kenny, it's been a while. Got you uh, got you back here. I know it's our first pod together after after last season, and you know how are things going on your end? Uh, how are how are you feeling about the Clippers this year? Oh, man, it's the same as every year, man. Um, I'm just waiting for um, which star player is going to go down first. Um, <laughs> right now, I'm actually taking my odds on Westbrook um, for being 34 years old. He's trying to lead the league of dunks. So um, I think this might be the year that um, we're actually going to have our healthiest player go down on us first. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hey, it's uh, apparently Kawhi is... Uh, Thinking about getting his back-to-backs going, even though it's, what, uh, uncertain at the moment. But it looks like he'll end up playing against the Lakers alongside this Tuesday game. So, hey, man, things hey. just may, may start be looking up here. A lot can always happen in a new season, but how about yeah. yourself and your Raptors? How's that treating <laughs> you this year? Yeah, I mean, look, new coach, Van Vliet walked for nothing. And uh, we're clearly in a, I don't even want to call it a transition. It's just a bit of a weird retool where they're trying to... Uh, get Scotty to really be the focused guy as not only the point guard, but at the same time, he's going to be your defensive core as well. It's, it's, it's interesting to say the least. I, I am liking the ball movement by and large over the year, but as we saw with the uh, Portland game today, sometimes uh, a bunch of kids will just do something and you'll just be stupid and it's not going to work out and you're going to end up losing. And Siaka really needs to get his, uh, his stuff together, but not, uh, not been a great start to the season as far as he's concerned. Yeah, but, but you know, <laughs> at least, you know, um, the damage was done by a number one overall pick. And I feel like on this slate, we might talk about a number one overall pick. How do you yeah. feel about that? <laughs> you ain't wrong. Yeah, definitely a bunch of uh, a bunch of big guys to be able to talk about. And in general, the pricing is quite interesting for a bunch of these guys to be sitting in that range where we can take quite a few of them. But we're going to jump right into that. But right before it, for those who are. You know, either listening for the first time or have been following, you should know that Sports Ethos's DFS Pass is the number one value in fantasy sports out there. So get yourself onto sportsethos.com, sign up for that DFS Pass, get yourself access to our great content such as our DFS delivery, our DFS pickums, where we uh, talk about player props on a daily basis as well, alongside obviously all the great stuff that comes from the uh, the podcast here and access to the Discord where you can ask the pros to keep yourself ahead of all that's happening with these last minute injuries and uh, questionable statuses that we need to keep ourselves ahead of. And we are looking at a three game slate here, which as always does give you just that little bit less as far as margin of error is concerned to really do want to keep yourself on top of not only the injuries that can change things around, but the value that can present itself. And speaking of value, we're looking at the first game of the night with the New York Knicks taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers in Cleveland, 
We're looking at a 214 game total for this one, which is definitely one of the lower ones we're going to end up seeing on the year. I don't doubt the Knicks are actually favored to win this one by three away. So that's interesting, likely taking into account the fact that uh, Donovan Mitchell, first of all, is listed as questionable for this game, dealing with uh, his uh, hamstring to see if he'll be able to go ahead and uh, dress up for this game. We do know that Darius Garland has, in fact, been ruled out for the game. And that also goes for Jared Allen as well. So definitely a little bit of a weaker side that Cleveland's going to have to go ahead and put out there while the New York Knicks are looking nice and healthy. And I'll jump to you, Kenny. As far as the, the game is concerned, I said one of the lower totals that we're looking out here. But, uh, you know, anyone tickling your fancy as far as this game is concerned? You know, I, I know this is the lowest total, but I think this actually will be the most competitive game on the slate. So I'm actually going to have more um, interest in this game than I usually would. Um, a player that I'm going to fade, I'm just going to start with the player I'm going to fade first. That's going to be Levert. Um, I feel like he's probably going to be pretty chalky. Replicate that, um, <laughs> I guess you could call it a masterclass performance <laughs> um, that he had on Sunday against Indiana. Um, but for the Cleveland side, if uh, Mitchell does play, I will have interest in him. Um, but if he's out, I'm, I'm actually going to have a lot of interest in um, Evan Mobley. I really do like the spot for him. Um, for some odd reason, he kind of learned how to um, pass the ball and rebound um, after a summer off. Um, I think he got, what, 15 in back-to-back games now. He got about three, four assists in each of the game, and he's actually giving you about 50 DraftKings points on average to start the season off. How about yourself? What do you like on this Cleveland side? Yeah, I mean, Evan Mobley is definitely an interesting call. I think uh, 22 field goal attempts would be somewhere close to his career high at this point that we ended up seeing in that uh, game with Donovan Mitchell out. So if he's going to be that aggressive on the offensive side, it's it's hard to be able to look past him in a matchup where he's likely going to get a lot of opportunity. I mean, as far as centers are concerned, I actually like both the centers on this slate, both uh, Evan Mobley on here and Mitchell Robinson on the other side, likely finding themselves in a scenario where they're going to be going head-to-head against each other. But yeah, I'm with you on the on the Levert side. I mean, I probably will end up finding some exposure to him just because, as you said, the price tag just makes it pretty chalky. That being said, in general, I've liked Max Struess just from a minute scenario from a scenario where he's had two two games out of three where he's had double digit rebounds which i still can't find myself fully reconciling here but more so than that it's the amount of three-point attempts this guy is getting which is just absolutely off the hook he's had 13 11 and 9 three-point attempts in the three games so far for cleveland and easily led the team in minutes as well so clearly they're finding a great role for him from that move to uh, from Miami over to Cleveland, working out quite well for him. And uh, the other one is uh, uh, on the uh, cheaper side over here with Isaac Okoro sitting at 4,500. You know, we got to see him really uh, get those minutes with uh, with Donovan Mitchell out in the last game, got up to 35 in that one. And while he's never going to be a big you know, offense guy as far as uh, his pure field goal attempts are concerned, he always finds ways to kind of contribute across the board. And for 4,500, pretty safe floor for him to be able to get somewhere between five to six X there. So definitely more that I like on the Cleveland side versus the New York side, where it's really just Mitchell Robinson. That's uh, that's been of interest to me. I think his price tag is not reflecting just how important he is going to be to this Knicks team in general. I mean, I know people were a little uh, wary of what him and Hartenstein might end up kind of 
uh, trading off minutes uh, between each other, but it's clear one is the more important defensive presence and I likely going to find himself in more scenarios. So I do think Mitchell Robinson is going to be a guy that at 5,100, it's going to be a pretty popular play over here, but uh, it's going to be for good reason as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I like those. And um, two more flyers I want to throw out. Um, one on the Cleveland side and one on the New York side for Cleveland. I want to throw out Dean Wade. When Mitchell was out the last game, I want to say he actually seen about 30 minutes on the floor. I know he won't give you the most production on the floor, but for, I want to say, 3,500 in a 30-minute spot on the three-game slate, that's going to be a nice little way to be different. And then on the New York side, I really thought he was going to have a little bit more of a role on this team, but it seemed like he is cutting into the Grimes and Hart minutes. It's um, Dante DiVincenzo. Um, I really do feel like also another player at 3,500. Um, he could actually get you about 28 minutes and actually get you about 25 fantasy points in that spot. And on the three-game slate, you always need to get a little different, and that's one way you can actually get yourself into the little GPP range to take down the slate. Yeah, completely fair. I said with uh, with all these different price tags there, you're going to have to find something to round out the lineup, and that may very well be the way to go. But as we keep moving on, to the second game in the slate here with the San Antonio Spurs going into Phoenix to take on the Suns. We're looking at a 226 game total on here, the highest of the three games that we're seeing on the slate tonight with the Phoenix Suns favored to win by seven, which uh, is in and of itself potentially interesting given the fact that as far as the injury report is concerned, first of all, we do know that Bradley Beal has officially been ruled out. But Devin Booker is also doubtful to be able to go ahead and take the floor here. So we're looking at a, uh, a Phoenix Suns team that's going to be missing potentially quite a few of their uh, you know, major offensive resources here. So that's going to be interesting. While on the other hand, the Spurs, you know, as young and as uh, kind of green as they are in terms of getting themselves going, are looking pretty good as far as the uh, health bill is concerned and uh, looking pretty clean and ready to go there. So I guess my question is, Kenny, are you buying into the uh, seven you know, minus seven spread as far as Phoenix is concerned. And is there anyone that you're truly targeting on here? Um, when it comes to the Phoenix side, I I actually am going to fade um, KD in the spot. I, I really do feel like this game is going to be a little bit uh, more than a seven point spread, as you brought up. Um, I will have interest into a player who probably will be a little chalky on the Phoenix side, but, um, Joss Okoji and um, Goodwin. I feel like those are going to be the two targets I really really have in this game since I see them in a 30-minute spot. If I'm really trying to find even more value, I might have a little interest in Wananabe um, since I do feel like if both Bill and Booker is out, that will be a nice little 24-minute spot for him. Um, outside of that, I really don't see myself rostering too many players on the Phoenix side. How about yourself? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think you've hit most of the key ones there. I'm, I'm probably not going too much on Katie either, given the fact that we have uh, a bunch of uh, mid-8,000 guys coming in the next game, which uh, probably have the same kind of ceiling that we're looking at with uh, Katie in this matchup here. But uh, apart from the two guys that you mentioned, I do think the one guy that directly benefited from uh, Devin Booker being out the last game was Grayson Allen, who saw his uh, field goal attempts go into the double digits in the previous game and put up seven three-point attempts in that as well. So in terms of 
being able to have a consistent guy who's going to be able to shoot from outside with both uh, Booker and Beal out, it's really going to be between him and Eric Gordon to uh, take up the vast majority of those outside attempts as far as shots are concerned. And, you know, Gordon sitting at 5,200, a little bit more expensive than Grayson Allen at his 46. And I feel they have a similar kind of ceiling going into this game. And, you know, it helps that they both have that uh, shooting guard and small forward eligibility. So you can fit them in a bunch of different spots there. But, yeah, definitely going to have a little bit of interest in terms of Grayson Allen. While jumping in onto the Spurs side, you know, I continue to kind of avoid uh, Wembenyama in general. I know he had that one game against uh, against Houston, but really this price tag at the moment has just given me a little too much, kind of, I don't want to call it fear, anxiety, whatever it is. It's just his uh, games are going to be just to me, a lot of boomer bust, just given how he's playing early so far, clearly still getting his legs under him as far as the NBA is concerned and hasn't really had a great uh, offensive game in any of the three that he has so far, even in that uh, Houston game where he put up 21, not uh, really the poster of efficiency there. So avoiding that. But I have uh, found myself uh, looking up more and more at, uh, at Devin Vassell only because, one, he's coming off a really bad game and a really bad blowout against the Clippers there. But I do think that this price tag kind of underscores the fact that he's a guy who on the Spurs team is likely going to be not only to be the best offensive player, but also one who has that ceiling to be able to hit 40 plus uh, fantasy points on any given night if he can have even a half decent offensive game. And as we've seen really in the first three so far, efficiency has not been an issue, nor has a uh, volume from outside been an issue. It's really just going to be a matter of whether some of these uh, ancillary stats start to come back to kind of the norm, which they were in the last season. It's uh, it's a bit weird for him to be sitting at, you know, very little as far as stocks are concerned and really averaging about what, one and a half assists a game so far. And I think we're going to start to see that kind of go back towards this norm of four or five that he was having earlier in the season. So um, or earlier last year, that is. So I'm expecting that uh, this might be a good spot to be able to jump in for him at 6,500. All right. Um, I, I like those takes, but I, I know he was a little hesitant on Whitby. But, I mean, from what I've seen from the Suns, they, they, they sent a couple players to the line quite a bit. And Nurkic out there, he's a little handsy. Eubanks out there, he's a little handsy. I, I really don't see how Wimby won't get probably six to eight free throw attempts in this game. Mm. And for seven, nine, if you can actually get them to the line, I, I really do see that. Mm, man, what is he? About a 70% free throw shooter. He's still going to get you about 10 field goal attempts. Going to get you a couple blocks. Might give you a couple turnovers. For seven, nine, I feel like a 40 fantasy point night. Might be worth it. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just thinking of the numbers a little bit too much. But outside of that, I did have interest in um, Trey Jones for 5K. I really do feel like in that spot, if he actually make it the somewhat competitive game and the spread is actually about a seven-point spread, um, he should be able to produce, get you a nice little almost double-double game out of him. Um, Outside of that, if I'm going a little bit cheaper on the San Antonio side, I might have a little bit of interest in uh, Bassey if I think it's going to go out a little bit over the spread and um, Wimby won't really stay on the floor too much since he's going to be the player getting in foul trouble. Yeah, completely fair. I mean, game scripting, I think it's going to be a big part of kind of where your gut leads you as far as this game's concerned, because it's probably the one that could 
potentially make or break the slate. Uh, is that a combination of the uh, potential game total that we're looking at here with the potential spread as well? So yeah, it could be the one that uh, you know people either regret having exposure to or the other way around. We'll have to see what that ends up playing out to be. But speaking of uh, similar spreads on here, we do see Orlando going into L.A. once again on their back-to-back, the one team that is actually playing back-to-back of the six teams on the slate here. A 220 game total with the Clippers favored to win by seven. Your Clippers, Kenny, we're seeing a bunch of price tags here that have got me pretty interested. And as far as uh, injuries are concerned, Orlando continues to be with a clean bill of health, kind of uh, splitting out a lot of uh, a lot of guard minutes in three different spots. So interesting to see who happens to do well there. But as far as the Clippers are concerned, you know, Terrence Mann has been ruled out for the game, while both uh, Norman Powell and uh, Ibiza Zubats are listed as questionable coming into this game here. So, you know, where are you looking as far as uh, as your clips are concerned? How are you feeling about this game? And uh, what's the spread mean to you? Um, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little bit um, weary as a Clipper fan, but typically these type of games scare me a little bit more <laughs> than if we actually had a competitive team coming in. Um, in this spot, I probably will need to rely on Westbrook the most. Um, typically he's going to be the most amped up and he does play a little bit more with the second unit, um, when they're trying to rest, um, both Paul and Kwai, if there is a little bit of a lead going into the fourth quarter. Um, if you do feel like this is going to be a blowout, I really do feel like, Bones Highland and Norman Powell would probably be a play that I would have in a GPP. I won't play them both. We'll just uh, play one of them. Um, outside of that, I really don't see myself playing too many Clippers on this slate. That's fair. I was right there with you on the Westy side, although, I mean, he's been crazy efficient in the first three games of the season so far at some point that's going to find itself uh, dropping back to earth but i said this price tag just makes it so that it's a pretty safe floor given just how many places he's going to find himself uh, involved as far as the clippers are concerned so far and from what i've seen this season i expect that we're going to see his price tag kind of jump higher into the uh, high seven thousands low eight thousands as we kind of get into the season uh, that being said I, I do probably find myself you know, it'll be a bit of a eeny, meeny, miny, mo almost, but I, I do think Kawhi at uh, at that 8,500 price tag, just even if it is a situation in which, as you said, they may be looking to uh, to rest him, you know, Orlando has found themselves being, you know, consistently scrappy in, in these kind of matchups. As you said, I mean, we just saw them today, uh, 103, 106 in the game that just ended with the, uh, with, with the uh, Lakers over there. And, you know, it's just one of those things where, they have so many guards to be able to go ahead and throw at you. And the fact that they can just uh, stagger their minutes as needed that, you know, you may not necessarily find them uh, being as heavy legged as you might see other teams coming into a back to back here. So I actually think this might be a potentially closer game than what we're seeing over here. And if that's the case, definitely going to be a little bit more uh, interested in the ceiling of uh, someone like a, a Kawhi or a Paul George for their mid 8,000 price tags. Uh, on the other hand, as far as the Orlando side is concerned, I've kind of been avoiding most of them altogether. That being said, uh, I do find myself kind of leaning a little bit more towards Cole Anthony just because of his propensity to be able to put up shots in a very short period of time. Even tonight, where he only ended up playing 21 minutes, was still able to put up 12 field goal attempts in that. And if he was 
you know, able to hit even a, a few more than what he ended up there, likely would have himself a pretty decent night for his price tag. So between the uh, between the three guards, I probably find myself trusting him the most, though uh, I would say overall it really should be Markel Fultz getting the uh, the vast majority of the minutes on a regular basis, but uh, Orlando's just kind of doing their own thing at the moment. You know, um, I actually have a little bit more interest in uh, in Orlando than um, you on this slate and in this matchup. For some odd reason, one of their centers always goes off for a 20 and 15 game against the Clippers. Um, last season, I think uh, when. Limes that I'm running on this slate. Um, of course, Carter would be the spend up, even though I want to say he's still under 6K. And Mo Wagner coming in at the 4K tag. Um, outside of that, I'm also going to have a lot of exposure to um, Franz Wagner and um, Boncaro. Um, I don't think I'm going to run both of them in the lines, but I do feel like their usage will be a little bit... Um, heavier than you might expect on a back-to-back. I do feel like they're still going to get their full alignment of minutes as well. And for a flyer, um, his production really wasn't there, but they seem to love him on the floor, and the offense seemed to run a little bit better with him on, especially with the second unit. And um, I might take a flyer on um, Joe Ingles. I know he hasn't really been shooting his shot too much, but uh, if he can actually get two three-pointers down, he could still get you about... Four or five rebounds, three, four assists might get you a still as well. So for what, three, three, 20 DraftKings points? I'll take that. Yeah, no, that's completely fair. And I, I think I, I'd probably be a little bit more excited to be able to take some of these Orlando Magic guys if they weren't consistently running, you know, a 10, 11 man, uh, uh, 11 man rotation on a, on a pretty regular basis over here, even you know, with the 10th man getting like 20 minutes a game as well. So it's just a really, really weird thing to try and project out in terms of where they're going to end up. But I, I am with you on both uh, Franz and, and Banchero probably getting themselves uh, to a, a pretty good uh, a pretty good minute allotment. And as far as uh, Paolo is concerned, we haven't really had a great offensive game from him as of yet, which likely uh, leads to him getting a little less ownership coming into this matchup, especially given his uh, 7,800 price tag. So if you want to be a bit contrarian, I have a feeling his ownership is going to be in a pretty good spot. So if you can go ahead and uh, catch him on one of his uh, on one of his bigger nights, you may find yourself cashing in as far as the slate itself is concerned. But that does bring us to the end of what is a small but pretty uh, packed with decision slate over here. And you know, as always, get yourself subscribed. Onto Sports Ethos, get yourself connected with the DFS Pass, get yourself on the Discord that we have there so you can keep asking the pros and really talking through some of these decisions that could end up making the difference. And if you have anything to be able to talk to me about in terms of where your head is at, you can always find me on Twitter at HAK underscore devil, where you can talk to me about your hot takes. Where are you thinking the, uh, the two seven spread games are going to be going and what's your game scripting looking like? And Kenny, where can the good people find you? Um, and people can find me at Orange DFS on Twitter. And I'm always talking about all levels of basketball from NBA to Euro League to the upcoming college season, both men and women. So if you ever want to talk ball, just let me know. 
Love it. Always. Kenny's the one to get you into the spots where other people aren't paying attention. So absolutely get yourself connected with him on his Twitter account. But until then, we will go ahead and call it off for this night. Good luck to everyone on this next slate. Let's go out and take down some GPPs.